Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Mary Hill Winery. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. All right, it's the super weekend, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, master mixologist, commodore of cocktails, and your weekend wine guy. And of course, die hard, die blued. Hawks fan. Uh, Super Bowl weekend. So excited to be in studio. Got a great show. Uh, my good friend, Jamie Michelle Piha, the uh, the maven of masterful arts and events. Uh, the Seattle Wine Food Experience event coming up in February. She's here. We're going to chat all about that. Plus, their special beneficiary, the Dames d'Escoffier, which is a great group. But uh, last week, I was down in San Francisco. Yep, just scouting out those Niners and nowhere to be found. But I had the pleasure of meeting Sarah. Sarah Jane Evans, the chairman of the Institute of Masters of Wine. So we're going to jump right into that great interview. Sarah Jane Evans, here we are down in San Francisco with the chairman of the Institute of Masters of Wine. We're in the vineyard today, actually in the classroom. I'm down in San Francisco at the Hyatt Fisherman's Wharf Hotel for the uh, Institute of Masters of Wine. Resident seminar, and it's been a fantastic tasting. Actually, we're we're just finishing up a beautiful, uh, amazing tasting of red Bordeaux and sweet Bordeaux wines, 2010 vintage, outstanding. Um, but I have the pleasure here of speaking with Sarah Jane Evans, the chairman of the board of the Institute of Masters of Wine. And Sarah Jane, welcome to Happy Hour. Lovely to be here. So uh, you are the chairman, and um, tell me about your role and how you got started in the Institute of Masters of Wine. Well, I passed in 2006. It's an exam, as you probably know, which is in three parts. You, you have to prove yourself in tasting wines around the world. You have to be able to write about everything from A to Z uh, on everything about the making and selling of wine and then I'm also I wrote a dissertation on something that's very close to my heart which is sherry so but I'm a, a journalist an educator uh, and a wine writer communicated generally about wine and it was a great way the thing about the master of wine which has been fabulous for me is it just enabled me to study everything there was to know about wine so I don't have to tell you that I know about wine what I can do is just show you my business card, and it has my name and these little letters MW afterwards, and that's just a shorthand to say probably can use my wisdom to give you advice and information uh, on a lot of aspects of wine. Well, so when did you uh, have that first sip of wine that inspired you to f- take this path? Well, it's interesting. Everybody has a different journey with wine. When I was a child, my father had some friends who bought a barrel of, seemed to me, a very big barrel from Burgundy. Now I realize it must only have been just over 200 liters. It came and sat in our garage for about three months, and then he he and his friends and their wives all came together and had a bottling party. So the men siphoned the wine out of the barrel into the bottles, and then the wives, and they put stoppers on it, and then the wives pasted on the labels and then well wait let's talk about this label what label was it It was uh, domain something because it's burgundy (laughs) it was some form of very smart burgundy I I was about eight at the time so the only thing I noticed was that 
After that, all the adults went and fell asleep on the grass. So there was obviously some combination. I'm guessing it was red. <laughs> yes, it was red. Uh, and there was some combination between this red liquid and falling asleep on the grass. I couldn't quite work it out. But I think that that was the first thing that sold me on the fascination of this. Then, I have to say, I had a very special period in my life before I went to university when I lived in Spain. And Spain, I was just at the impressionable age. It fell into my heart. And the liquid that fell into my heart most at that time was something that people find difficult to love, which is sherry. And sherry, sherry then and sherry now remains a passion of mine. So you found yourself in Jerez, in the uh, and- Andalusia, the southern tip of Spain. Yes, exactly. I was I was in Jerez, and the point is, I'm a chilly English woman. So I'm uh, we're all kind of uh, restrained. You know what the Brits are like, very unexpressive and so on. And you go to Andalusia, the sun shines, you have a glass of sherry, suddenly you start gesturing, smiling, laughing, you're up all night. It's a whole different open culture lived on the streets. So it's something that immediately I loved. And the essence of Jerez is that is that very pungent, uh, delicate, uh, intense wine. Sherry, and of course I'm talking about dry sherry, but there are some really exceptions. Not the Pedro Jimenez from Montiel Morales. No, that that is exceptionally sweet. But there are some, you know, from one grape variety, they produced a glorious, glorious variety of, of grapes. So in fact, I've just done a tasting here this week with the students. We had uh, eight sherries, and we the, it was fantastic. We made the room smell absolutely glorious. But I think they learned to distinguish from all these different wines. It was, a, it was a great thing to do. I have too am a fan of sherry. It is the white burgundy of Spain, in my opinion, with a great acidity, the Chablis and the floor and the yeast, the nuttiness, the oxidation. And uh, I'm just tickled to have uh, such a delightful conversation with Sarah Jane Evans, the chairman of the Institute of Masters of Wine, which is based in England, but also has an office in Napa and in Bordeaux? And in Adelaide. Adelaide. So three other offices outside around the globe. Fantastic. So you started, you found your passion for wine in, in Andalusia um, in an early age. Then you ended up going to university. And what happened then? Well, and there I, that was something I drank a lot. And then I decided to become a journalist. I was re- I'm, I'm my, naturally a communicator. That's what I like to do is to talk just as we're talking now. So I um, moved into journalism, developed a career there. And I started with a new magazine in the end called BBC Good Food. So it's a very, very successful. What year was this? BBC Good Food. Well, that must have been something like nineteen. It's something like nineteen ninety something, nineteen ninety four maybe. So there was a food revol- uh, revolution in England when you're talking about good food. Yeah, of course we've always had good food. It related to a television program, which was a very, very important television program, and suddenly we had this. St- stupendously best-selling magazine and there has been and there continues to be I think at the beginning then uh, we were talking about people discovering ingredients now we're talking about a return to artisanal foods we're turning to discovering our own food history because the very exciting thing about being in Britain is that we're a multicultural society we're we have foods we don't perhaps have one British food we have foods from uh, once upon a time we had an empire and it comes from all around that empire but now I think we're beginning to have lots of uh, people who are in their 30s are going back out in the countryside starting up careers as cheese makers looking after animals growing vegetables and so the whole business of 
local markets, which is something we learnt from the United States, has become extremely powerful in the UK. I didn't realize that uh, Britain had sort of adopted the uh, the idea of a farmer's market, because in Seattle here we've got the Pike Place Market, very famous, been around for 100 plus years. Um, so tell me about that. When did you, when did that occur? Was that in the late 80s or the early 90s? I should be able to put the date for you, because I was I have, uh, I was at one time president of the Guild of Food Writers, so I've also been a kind of at the head of that organization, and I guess it was probably now about 15 years ago, but it's it's taken time to come, and it's there is nothing as big as what you have in Seattle, but there is an interest and a commitment, and I think now we all care about where our food comes from, just as we care about our wine, how it's been made, what goes into it, you know, additives, everybody wants to know about that nowadays, um, and we care about the the pleasures and I think one thing the, the thing that really obsesses me is flavor flavor and taste so you'll find if you uh, we go deeply we have hours to talk to each other that I've written a book on chocolate I'm one of the founder members of the Academy of Chocolate that I was uh, the guiding one of the guiding forces behind founding the British Cheese Awards and I've written a book on tea and coffee so one thing that all these things have in common is that they're fermented products Beer, wine, tea, coffee, right. chocolate, yeah, coffee, bread, whatever. Yeah, and beans. it's that translation of flavors that happens when you have fermentation, suddenly the explosion of flavor. And the thing I really love is getting, it really excites me, is getting people to explain the flavors that they find in their lives. So people are very intimidated by wine. You know this. It's quite hard to get get um, any, any friends I have with me to talk about the flavor of wine. But if you say to them, okay, let's start off with chocolate or cheese they find it much easier to find the words to say this is what I can taste this is what I like and then you can say okay now have a glass of wine with it now can you identify fruits or other things or you can notice tobacco or cedar and then gradually then that gives them the confidence so that I can say it to you I know I'm smiling here that that so a sommelier doesn't doesn't intimidate them so that they can have I've been in many situations in the United Kingdom and I've been with friends where We've been frankly intimidated by the sommelier. What you want to have is a great relationship where you can say to the sommelier, this is the kind of thing I like, this is how much money I've got, and this is what I'm going to eat. <laughs> and then you'll sell me something I really, you know, I'm going to discover and enjoy. Not like a used car salesman who will say, oh, well, come on, I'll get you 100 bucks more, I can get you this. Um, what an interesting career, what an interesting foundation. And uh, so you started on this journey towards Master of Wine. In what year? I must have started in 1998. So I started, and then I took the exam for the first time and failed. And one thing, you know, you notice when you meet any Master of Wine student of Master of Wine is they're very high achievers. Failure is not written into their life. Now you're being intimidating for everybody listening to the show in case they want to go check out the Institute of Masters of Wine. But in fact, I'd say that it's the case with, you know, passing a driving test or whatever. This is, this is a lot of work. There's that famous phrase about 10,000 hours. If you want to be achieve something, you need to put in 10,000 hours of work to get there. And maybe over time, it took me years. Some people I have... It's about four years, right, in the 40-hour work week kind of thing. And I stopped... Uh, you know, I failed the exam and I stopped and then I came back again and I passed half and failed half. But I have a really lovely story about how your f- family and friends get engaged. So my children, who weren't wine drinkers at the time, would bring me a bottle of wine and a glass and they'd say, Mum, before you drink this, you must tell us what the alcohol is. Before you drink it. <laughs> 
And so, because it said on the back, it was 12% or 40% or whatever. My husband, my beloved husband, went before I did the exam each morning, would lay out for me nine bottles of wine, all covered up, and the question paper. And then he'd go off to work. So at 8.30 in the morning, he was opening up these bottles of wine, putting them out on the table and giving me exam paper. You know, the loyalty they all showed was absolutely extraordinary. But... In the end, you know, the achievements like whether you're going to, whatever you choose to do in your life and you really want to do it, they, the, the moment you pass is a very, very special moment. It does take a village, but it's certainly a personal journey as well. It's good to have a team. And so now you're chairman of the board. Is it a board or the organization for Institute of Masters of Wine? Well, we have a council. We have members uh, all around the world because we're in many countries. And so, therefore, we have some quite uh, fascinating phone calls when we have conference calls. Somebody is, you can tell, is up at 2 o'clock in the morning and somebody else, it's a different time zone. But we, we manage to work somehow or other as an international business representing all kinds of aspects of the wine trade all over the world. Very interesting. Well, the last question here. Tell me about the uh, United Kingdom wine industry. I understand you've got a, a line of chalk that runs from Champagne all the way to the cliffs of Dover. Tell me about what's happening in, in Britain f- with wine. The English wine industry is very exciting. And indeed, there is uh, wine in Wales, but it hasn't yet, I don't think, seriously got to Scotland. I was going doing an uh, um, introduction to the wine industry this morning. There's something like 448 winery, uh, vineyards in the United Kingdom. 448. And there are 138, uh, 31 commercial wineries. Now, obviously, there's only a few who are really making a big effort at it, but the sparkling wine they produce from Chardonnay, from Pinot Noir, is really the best ones are really exceptional and have been proved in blind tastings and international competitions so i think watch this space champagne because what we have in england is great i have a bottle of night timber i think in my house delicious sarah jane evans the chairman of the institute of masters of wine what a pleasure to speak with you thank you for hosting me down here in san francisco at the residence seminar i wish you the best of luck and it's great to chat with you thank you Hey, San Francisco was really fun and a great opportunity to meet Sarah Jane Evans. And coming up after this break, I've got the wonderful Jamie Michelle Piha, the executive director, the founder of the Seattle Wine and Food Experience. Um, it's coming up February 22nd. You should check it out. It's the best food event in Washington. And food and wine and spirits and beers, oh my. And uh, we'll be right back. So stick around on Happy Hour Radio. The home of the great one. Mark Levin. Weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. That's right. It's time for another round. And welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. So excited to have my friend Jamie Michelle Piha in the studio. She is, uh, well, she was the Seattle Wine Commission or the Washington Wine Commission Marketing Director for many years. She worked with Seattle Magazine. And she's uh, has a whole stable of great, fantastic events uh, regarding, revolving around food and wine. Jamie Michelle Piha, welcome to Happy Hour. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's 
Super Bowl weekend. <sighs> wow. And uh, I'm ready. I mean, it's all about Seattle. <laughs> and uh, the Seattle wine and food experience is, uh, is really the kind of the Super Bowl of uh, Washington <laughs> stuff going on. Tell me all about it. Well, it's uh, going into its seventh year, and uh, it's uh, February 21st and 22nd. Uh, we have about 180 vendors that uh, participate on the Sunday event, which is the main event. And, uh, you know, it started out really as as mostly wine. And in the last few years, as the other beverage categories have grown, we have included beer and cider. And uh, we also have That's included right. spirits. We've got to talk about cider. That's great. I see you brought some cider, too. I'm excited about it. I did. Well, you know, it's interesting because... Um, you know, I mean, I, of course, wine is probably the first love for me and probably for you, too. But I think that it's interesting because people come to events in groups and sometimes they want, you know, people want different things. So it's kind of nice to have a variety of things for people to try. Uh, I think uh, really there's about 600 wines there. So the, the bulk of the beverages at the <laughs> event are wines. Uh, the nice thing about it, maybe the different thing about this event is that the wine is not just Washington focused. There are about 50 Washington wineries there. So there's more than enough Washington juice there for people to enjoy, but there's also wines from different regions. We have uh, Oregon wines there. Uh, we have Idaho wines there. Uh, there's uh, actually quite a contingent from California this year. Uh, we have a smattering of international. It's a little harder to get the international brands to do it, but uh, but you have an opportunity to really kind of taste Washington wines against wines from the rest of the world, which is a nice way to educate your palate. In concert. It's not really against. Yes. Right? It's in concert. Oh, there this you go. This, I like this, that. You know, synergy. Float. Everybody's happy. This is just an experience. There you go. Float all boats. I love Float that. Float all boats. <laughs> well, uh, the Seattle Wine and Food Experience, seven years. Huh? I remember it started in, I almost want to say the kingdom for some it reason. It did. No, not the kingdom, but the um, sort of the front part of Quest Field, that other um, area that they have. Not where Taste Washington is, but okay. that yeah, kind of lobby yeah. area. It was uh, a little, it was very cementy. Yeah. <laughs> It's so cool. But um, when you took it over, because actually you assumed uh, you assumed I, control, yes. uh, which is really cool, because uh, you added a, so many great more uh, facets and touches and um, really filled it out to be uh, a truly grand experience. And um, it, it, this is a benefit for a, a local uh, society. Tell me who the charity foundation it's, is for this. It's actually a, a national and international organization called La Dames de Scaffier, uh, and Seattle is one of the chapters. Uh, there's about... 70 women that are members of this organization and uh, in the organization really is for women in food wine and hospitality professionals in their field uh, who have uh, you know had some success doing what they're doing <laughs> and really the purpose of the organization uh, for the most part is mentorship philanthropy and scholarships so oh. really kind of furthering advancement of women in these fields and uh, it, it's it's a heck of a list of women who are involved in this organization and they've done a great job of fundraising so they're hitting their 25th year this year which is kind of a big deal 25th internationally or just locally uh, our chapter is 25 years old oh wow and so, um, I, you know, I thought it would be really fun to partner with uh, an organization that uh, had a, a great deal of talent that could also showcase what they do at the event. And so we have about, you know, 12 to 15 LaDom's businesses there, you know, involving wine, oh, beer, that's great. yeah, uh, chefs, uh, all kind, you know, uh, Gelatiama, which is a dessert company. Les Dom d'Escoffier, huh? Uh huh, Les ah. Dom d'Escoffier. And so, uh, Escoffier is a, um, uh, well, a, is it an homage or a tribute to uh, it, Monsieur Escoffier? Yes, the, it is. The great 
uh, food critic Big, or chef or yes, what was he? He was uh, in the food world. Uh-huh. Don't ask me for details on that <laughs> one. But uh, yes, it's it's. Uh, he, I think it was it was a French chef. French chef. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he wrote some cookbooks, kind of yes. like uh, Julia Child did uh, exactly. for Americans, but he did it for the French. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember actually uh, his grandson was in in Seattle or, um, a couple of years ago promoting his book, and we did an event with him. Really? So Escoffier, yeah. Very, uh, a well-known name, and so the, the Les Dômes d'Escoffier, the, the ladies of the, uh, the Escoffier ladies is very cool. So let's talk about some of the members. Okay. I, I, would, I mean, I know a bunch of them being right. in the food and wine sure. business, but uh, Jamie Piha, tell us how many, who are the luminaries in the Les Dômes d'Escoffier? Oh, well, Fran from France Chocolates, uh-huh. okay. Who, Fran you know, Bigelow, Yeah, right? I mean, some of the founding people, I mean, she was probably in that group um uh, Fran from France Chocolates, uh, Gwen Bassetti from Grand Central Bakery. Oh, cool. Uh, Roseanne Finkel, Pi- okay, Pike Place Brewery. She's uh-huh. they're definitely Pike involved. Brewery. Pike Pike Brewery. I always add place in I there. I know. It says, well, that's okay. We all know it's the same <laughs> thing, but I got like, all right, Pike Brewery. They are so awesome. And they, you know, they, they're just great people. They are pioneers. Yeah. And it's, it's great. Absolutely. So let's see. Who else? Um, Macrina Bakery. Okay. So they're involved. Uh-huh. Uh, let's Susan see. Susan Neal. She's part of it. Susan Neal. McRae Sellers. Yeah. Kay Simon Chinook. Oh, yeah. Um, Marie Eve uh, from Forgeron Cellars. Oh, we just had dinner with her last week. Did down you? Down in Cassis. Oh, yeah, very nice. restaurant there. A little plug for Alki. Nice. Yeah, it's a great place. I've been there. It's cute. Yeah. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, well, Lane Haas with Anthony's. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, um, they just won an award, didn't they? I see her you know, picking up some bling again. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, she, they have won so many awards from the Washington Wine Awards. <laughs> I, I told her at the event the other day, I said, Lane, really, I think we need to get you in a room with all the awards you've won and get one photograph of all of them. Because, you know, they really, they buy so much Washington wine and so, they do such a great job. They do a great job. And, and luckily them, they got plenty of locations where they can you know, disperse <laughs> some of those awards. Exactly. Uh, have the pleasure of speaking with Jamie Michelle Piha, the executive director. What is your title with the Seattle Wine and Food Experience? You know, I really am the producer of the event. Uh, it's a charitable event for La Dame's Descafier. So, I, I mean, I produce it and, you know, kind of come up with the concepts and, and go out and, you know, locate all the sponsors and and, uh, and go after the vendors and then do all the marketing for and it. And the event is, uh, you said Saturday, two-day event. Typically, it was only a one-day event. It was a one-day event. On. Well, you know, um, I... We kind of felt like we should uh, see about adding some additional programming this year. You know, uh, an event of this size, which is about 2,000 people, is not for everybody. Some people like more intimate environments to enjoy their beverages and foods. And so we added an event this year in partnership with Seattle Magazine, and it's called Pop Bubbles and Seafood. And uh, so we have uh, champagne, sparkling wine, cider, and beer. And uh, and then we have about 12 uh, restaurants and seafood companies that are serving up their best bites of seafood. And, and so this is on Saturday? Yes, it's on Saturday night from 6 to 9, February 21st. Where at? Well, we tented the outside of the Seattle Exhibition Hall. And it's a beautiful tent that's built in the courtyard. And uh, so we're kind of, we're putting a floor in, building a tent. We have, you know, chandeliers and heaters. Oh, and wow. it's going to be pretty cool. All yeah. Right. That's glamping. It's glamping. Exactly. <laughs> Event glamping. It's a whole new thing. How do we get tickets? Uh, you can go to SeattleWineAndFoodExperience.com and all the tickets are listed there. You can buy a ticket to pop. Spell it out. Seattle Wine and Food Experience. Seattle. Wine. Wine. And, and Food, food Experience. Experience.com. Yeah, it's okay. a long name, it's I know. It is. But uh, so anyway, you can buy tickets. I'm surprised to it was pop. still available. Uh, well, you know, it used to be called Seattle Food and Wine Experience, but we had to change it. 
Because Food and Wine Magazine did not like that. Oh. Yeah, because you know they have a lot of food and wine events, and they're all called Food and Wine. I don't know if they're called Experience, but anyway, so we changed. <laughs> Isn't that silly? So wow, silly. You that's know. right. It's like, next thing you know, they'll be trying to trademark the number 12 oh, or something. Oh, yeah, right. Isn't that already happening? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> so anyway, Seattle Wine and Food Experience. What's pop tickets cost? 65 65 bucks, yep. and that's uh, sparkling wines and ciders and beers, oh my, and oysters. Fresh oysters from Taylor's, mm, of course. Yeah. We have some great names in there. We've got uh, Ethan Stoll's uh, Chippy's Fish and Chips. Who's going to be there? Will you serve popcorn? We're not serving. Probably not serving popcorn. Potato chips. I love potato chips. Though. Those are my. Those are some of the foods I eat with sparkling wine. I, know. I think it's like, oh yeah, it's perfect. Well, yeah, actually, crunchy chips would be perfect. Crunchy, crunchy. All right. Well, uh, when we come back from this break, we're going to dive into uh, some of the great vendors you've got. So, okay. so we can wet my whistle. It's happy hour after all. We need to be <laughs> sipping on something here in studio. I uh, have the pleasure of speaking with Jamie Michelle Piha, the producer of the Seattle Wine and Food Experience, and uh, many other great events. So we'll get a whole rundown of the calendar that's. Uh, taking place for 2015 as we have Super Bowl weekend. I'm sure everyone's going to party at the uh, and at the end of the show. We're going to be chatting about some really fun Super Bowl stuff. Uh, how many different colors we can? What makes green and blue? And uh, you know how to have fun and how to drink some red and red and blue. I guess we got green and blue, red and blue. Uh, it's the Patriots versus the Seahawks. A big weekend here. If you're out there in the Twitter sphere, send us a tweet. Does uh, Seattle Wine and Food Experience have a Twitter handle? It, we do. Seattle Wine Food. Seattle Wine Food. Yep. Okay. It's all spelled out. And then uh, I'm at Happy HR Radio. So we'll get some synergy going here on the Twitter sphere. And if uh, you have a question, uh, don't be afraid to send us an email at ask at happyhourradio.net. You can check out the website. We've got all of our uh, fantastic uh, episodes from 2014 and starting again this year. Our anniversary is next week. A whole year a already. A whole year. We started the week after the Super Bowl all happy and uh, <laughs> you know, still a little hoarse from screaming and having some fun. And hopefully that's the same thing. And and next week, which is really exciting, as we turn one years old, we're going to be we're old enough to drink now, so we'll be going to 6 p.m. <gasps> Next week, Fantastic. 6 p.m., so you can be at home and turn us on and uh, just Have a cocktail relax. along with you. Have a cocktail with me. That's <laughs> right. This 11 a.m. stuff was... Uh, <laughs> soccer moms were missing games. <laughs> <laughs> well, stick around. We'll be right back with Jamie Michelle Pihon, the Seattle Wine and Food Experience, right here on Happy Hour Radio. Breaking down the big stories. Lynn Beck, weekdays 9 to noon on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, welcome back to the second half of Happy Hour Radio. It's uh, Super Bowl weekend, and I'm very excited to uh, have uh, a big Seahawks fan, uh, Jamie Michelle Piha, the producer of the Seattle Wine and Food Experience, which is coming up on February 22nd. You can get tickets at seattlewineandfoodexperience.com. If you want to get a primer, get your palate, uh, you wet your whistle for some Walla Walla wine, uh, check out Taste Walla Walla, which is uh, Monday, February 9th. Uh, keep that party going. That's 
Super Bowl victory, we hope. Uh, it's uh, tickets available at Walla Walla Valley Wine Alliance, and that's Monday, February 9th. And uh, if you uh, made any resolutions to learn more about food and wine and cocktails and spirits and cooking and all that great stuff, obviously you need to go to the Seattle Wine and Food Experience in February. But you can take a special class over at uh, the Space Needle. My friend Jeffrey Dorgan, the wine director, is hosting uh, Wine Academy, the Space Needle com backslash wine academy he's got a great tasting coming up in march he's got uh, good wine of course some great bites uh, uh, always a wonderful view and uh, some education so check out spaceneedle.com backslash wine academy but right now we're going to talk about the vip lounge and uh, all the cool things happen at the seattle wine and food experience so jamie what's happening what's this vip lounge i've heard we had pop coming up on saturday but uh, now i want to i'm this is the big week It is a big weekend. You know, um, we started a VIP hour last year and, uh, you know, so of the, you know, 2,000 people that come, about 500 come an hour early. And uh, so we wanted to add some new perks for them this year. And so we've got, a, you know, a great branded tote bag that's going to be kind of filled with some some nice gifts this year. And uh, w- because we're using the tent that we're building the night before for the pop event, that will still be there on Sunday. And so we're, um, half of that tent is going to be an area for the VIPs to be able to come up, pick up their gift bag. And also we'll have some special vendors in there. So uh, we've got a couple chefs in there that'll be doing some fabulous lamb bites from the mm. American Lamb Board. We've got a chocolate company in there. Uh, we'll have a spirits company in there. And then we have a couple of wineries. Uh, one is our good friend Joseph Maglino from Martetti Winery, sommelier turned winemaker. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of excited about that. Um, I, I think it's really neat that, you know, we've got a couple of Psalms making wine. Uh, potentially, I think you're doing it too. Yeah, I made some wines coming out. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. I'd love to hear more about that. Um, but Joseph's wine are lovely. He has a, a wine tasting room in Woodenville. Just opened it up a couple months ago, Yeah, right? it's pretty new. It's it's uh, just north of where St. Michelle is um, in those... Um, the warehouse district? Y- not the warehouse district, but it's that uh, kind of industrial area just north of St. Michelle. By Woodhouse? Yes. Okay. More in that direction. And, um, you know, I like... He's got a great palate. I, his wines, for me, are really delicious. So they kind of have a soft touch to them. The one we have here today is a Cabernet Franc from 2009. Um, I think I poured you a little bit, so you, you can taste it. You've got the educated palate. You tell me what you think. Uh oh, you put me on the spot. Wait, this is my show. Ah. <laughs> well, I think um, for for an '09 wine, this is obviously great ripeness because yep. 2009 yep. was a very warm vintage. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we what we feared is that sometimes those grapes get a little overripe, so we have to you know balance that. This seems very well balanced. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it is very soft on the attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got more of a, a dark red blue fruit character for, for, for Cab Franc. Yeah. And um, mm, very soft and sweet oak integration. Mm-hmm. It's just a touch of vanilla, some mm, just a touch of clove or cinnamon. I mean, it's very, very light. Um, and I think that helps uh, the balance the fruit and give... Structure's good. It's got uh, monoplus acidity. Tannin is very soft again. Uh, delicious wine. This is a good sipper. Yeah, I like this one. I love Cabernet Franc, so it's one of my favorite varietals. I think you've been tasting a little bit of wine, but that just flows out of your mouth like that. It's amazing. <laughs> the description, so great. Anyway, this wine, the 2010, is is $42 a bottle, uh, and uh, he will be pouring this and three other selections in the VIP lounge. So um, for VIP tickets, uh, they're $70. Again, you can get them at SeattleWineAndFoodExperience.com. But if you really want to enjoy the weekend, you buy the big ticket, which is... The big ticket? The big ticket, which is POP and the Seattle Wine and Food Experience VIP experience. 
And uh, so you get a little bit of a discount if you buy them both together as one ticket. Ah. And we've also partnered with a couple of hotels in town for a nice uh, rate. So if you want to spend the whole weekend downtown enjoying food and wine. I think you should because it's uh, you know it's that what seventh week of the year and you're about ready to, to treat totally. yourself for all that hard work you put in at the gym. It's like <laughs> I'm ready, I'm ready. Let's pop these buttons. <laughs> <laughs> so the Seattle Wine and Food Experience dot com's got all the information. Um, let's, let's talk about some of the other vendors you've got. You've got okay. the pop event on Saturday, yep. the twenty first. Mm-hmm. You've got the VIP ticket opportunity, but then you've got just a regular. Hey, look, I've only got general admission right. money these days. I'm it's still, still a great value. Yeah. It is such a great value. Really, the the event is $55, so it is affordable, okay? It's a four-hour event for for general admission folks, so it's from one one to five. Wow. And um, what they will experience, there's about 30 chefs preparing bites from all ethnic varieties. We've got Hispanic food there. We've got seafood. We have uh, beef. We have uh, lamb. There's stew. I mean, the chefs are so creative, and they're really doing a wonderful variety of food. There are some vegetarian options. I know we had a lot of people last year, where's the vegetarian option? So this year we really we really asked a few chefs oh. to kind of lighten it up a little. So you got that health thing going on. And then along with that, we have some specialty food people. So like Uli's Sausage is there doing his yeah. local sausage. Good. Uh, we've got some uh, World Spice, which is there, um, who is also a Ladams member, doing some lovely chocolates with some garam masala spice involved World there. Spice is a chocolate company or a spice company? World Spice is a spice company. Yeah, well, I thought so when you said, but then you said chocolate. So, But they're of, doing a chocolate uh, with some of their uh, spice mixes. Where's World Spice at? It's right in the Pike Place Market. That's that spot? Yeah. Oh, kids, it always smells so good. Yeah, it smells so good when you walk by there. Yeah. So we've got some interesting Here's an things. idea for What's you. What's that? Have them pick out some spices so that people can do a little... This is coriander, this oh, is right. nutmeg, this is clove, and, and do it blind. Hey, See, here's a little fun. I love that as you know, a future you... educational yeah, thing. That's right. We do have a couple educational things happening in there. Oh, and, perfect. Uh, one of them is we have a California winery coming up this year, Wente Family oh, Vineyards. Yeah, we had Wente on the show. Okay, good. Well, so they're doing a little aroma experience in their area. So they've got three tables that have different kinds of aromas that you would you know, experience with <laughs> smelling wines. And then you can go over and taste their family of wines. Wines as well, so that's happening. So when you ask the chili vendor to do an aroma wheel, you were <laughs> they would not be placed the baked near beans, when the baked bean yeah, right. company wasn't going to do. That. That's right, exactly. They're not going to do that. Okay, but then right. bringing it down. St. Michelle Wine Estates is doing a blind riesling tasting. So you can kind of identify what type of Riesling drinker you are. Will you have them stick, you know, a different wine in there just so people get the just, difference for acid? Oh, right. So put a, have their, put their Sauvignon Blanc in there like, oh, okay, it is different. I get it. Yeah. Because yeah. blind Riesling is, you know, if you don't really know what Riesling is supposed to taste like, blind is interesting too. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure you got it down. So we've got Sam Michelle doing a blind tasting. Right. Um, uh, tell me about some of the spirits people you've got here. Okay. Well, we have uh, a number of local spirits companies or regional, really. There's, the craft spirit industry is going crazy. One of my favorites is, is uh, Captive Spirits, Big Gin. They'll be there. And uh, this is what I brought today is Crater Lake. This is uh, this is great for breakfast. Hazelnut espresso. Oh, it's delicious. I mean, it really is. Yeah. It's good. It's just... a little bit of Kahlua meets Frangelico. Yeah, it's really, really good. Great in coffee. Great in a martini, right? Yeah. You can have a martini. Great on the rocks. It's but just a nice little sipper because it's it's, uh, it's moderate alcohol, mm-hmm. but it's got lots of flavor. And it's a nice little pick-me-up. Right. So you can taste through these spirits. There's 16 spirits companies that'll be there. And, you know, they're pouring just a little taste, but enough for you to be able to get an, an idea of what you like. I mean, there, you know, and I mean, there's a lot of great 
uh, spirits out there today. And frankly, I love some of these flavored spirits myself. Well, speaking with Jamie Michelle Pia, the producer of the Seattle Wine and Food Experience, and here's some advice. I've been to this event. It's a fantastic event, and you've got plenty of time. You've got four hours. The key to this event is to experience everything, and to experience everything, you still have to be standing and coherent. <laughs> so don't be afraid to spit. I mean, it's all about taste, and you're going to absorb some of the alcohol, which is, you know, all, we, we enjoy those, those feelings, and uh, um, but we want you to last, and so either plan for a cab, plan for a ride home, but drink lots of water, be sure to eat lots of food, and also spit, because this it's about tasting. If you find something you like, you can go back and have some more, but you really want to get the most out of the event. I totally agree with you, and thank you for bringing that up, because it is important that you do that. There's plenty of water there, too. San Pellegrino is I there, like Aquapana, so there's lots of water to drink, and, and there's a lot of food, so you can really balance it out. Well, that's good, because it's making me hungry, and I'm having a sip of this uh, Crater Lake Hazelnut uh, Espresso Vodka, very tasty. The Martetti Wines, uh, Joseph Maglino, the 2009 Cabernet Franc is delicious. I see you've got Titan Cider. That's an apple cherry-flavored cider. Is. Would you like to try this? Do we have time? We don't have time. We don't have time, because we were the next show we're going to talk okay. about, or the next stop we're going to talk about Super Bowl, oh. which will be really fun. I want you to sort of okay. play with me. We'll do some okay. Go Seahawks cheers here okay. online. Oh, good. And uh, do you have one beer, beer partner this year? Well, you know, we have about no we we have about six beers there but but Stella Artois is doing a a, a chef stage and they'll be doing uh, Diane Levon will be cooking with beer and cooking uh, with beer. yeah showing people what you can do with some of these Belgian beers <laughs> this is beer and Cheerios this is <laughs> <laughs> old fraternity days okay uh, well uh, so fun to talk about the Seattle Wine and Food Experience dot com that's where tickets available it's uh, February twenty first and twenty second with Pop and of course the grand uh, the extravaganza um, Jamie Michelle Piat, stick around. I want to talk about Super Bowl, but thanks Super for being Bowl. here. Thank you so much. Hey, stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Lars Larson has the real story. Weekdays, 6 to 9 p.m., only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Talk Radio 570 KBI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. He's at the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown happy hour. Hey, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. It is Super Bowl weekend, and uh, Super Bowl Saturday, we'll call it. Uh, so excited. We're going to chat about some Super Bowl stuff, and I've got my in-studio guest, Jamie Michelle Pia, the producer of the Seattle Wine and Food Experience and Lamb Jam and Wine Rocks. And uh, this is great because it's January. We can look forward to all those fantastic events. But get tickets for the Seattle Wine and Food Experience.com events, February 21st and 20th. 22nd, go online at SeattleWineAndFoodExperience.com. Well, I want to thank my guest, uh, Sarah Jane Evans, the Institute of Masters of Wine Chairman of the Board. That was really cool to be down in San Francisco and uh, scouting out San Francisco. I tell you, nobody wears their jerseys down there in San Francisco. And then uh, you look around Seattle and like, oh my goodness, I was in Walla Walla a couple weeks ago and it's just, they got Spokane TV and they got Tri-City and it's all about it's the Seahawks. I was like, you kind of forget when you're in Seattle that Hey, the whole state, the whole region is behind the Seahawks. It's really, really cool. Even me, and I just really was not that, I was not a football fanatic until this last game. Well, there's a name for those groups. That's called the bandwagon jumper. 
<laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, my husband is a total sports nut, but this last game, I mean, I came unglued at that game. That was an unbelievable game. That was the most exciting football I've ever seen. It was unbelievable. It was truly unbelievable. In fact, I was I was screaming at the television, which is ridiculous because I've never done that before at a football game. My husband's like, "Is this? Is you know, just it was completely out of character for well, me." Well, now it's it's all in character. We're all excited. It was uh, you know some of a miracle, but there's so many great products out there. I mean, it's Super Bowl, so we were talking about all oh, the great food. But um, you know, Seattle is pretty smart. They've uh, there's a lot of companies out there that have uh, benefited from this twelfth mania. Twelfth mania, totally. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's on it. Well, it's there's great. some. Um, so some of my friends in the wine business. I've got uh, Bob Delph over at Northwest Cellars and Bob Bullock, who is the eye of the needle. They both have uh, some wines called Twelve. I've got the Twelfth Blend, which is a red and white. That's from uh, Bob Bullock at Eye of the Needle, and that's a nice little sipper. It's kind of a, a party wine. It's good for the uh, good for anything. Good for chips and dips and <laughs> um, and then uh, Bob at Northwest Cellars has I think it's called the Twelfth Wine or Twelfth Red maybe. Right. It's got the Earth of the Beastquake. I would call it the Beastquake. Uh, the, size, the seismograph reading on it. Um, our friends over at Precept. Now, if you have a party, you can just pick up one of their boxes to go. It's uh, maybe We need a better... Uh, Is it a 12th man thing, it's, too? Yeah, it's 12th, okay. man, 12th, 12th house red or 12th oh, house wine. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So you'll see it. Uh, obviously, it's uh, the bright uh, green and blue packaging. And it comes to beer... We've got Hilliards, and they're just kicking it out with uh, the 16-ounce 12-man can. 12 can? 12 can, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and it only comes in, in 12 packs. No six packs, only 12 packs. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and then we've got Dick's Brewing up in uh, Everett, I think, is making the 12-man pale, or 12... 12- <laughs> 12-man pale. I know, 12-man is registered. It's trademarked for, right. in Texas, and uh, Seahawks spent a couple bucks to to promote it, uh, to buy that licensing opportunity. Um, but things that are not licensed are just kind of blue and green liqueurs. So right. there's blue curacao. Mm-hmm. There's uh, apple pucker, which is okay. a great green. Chartreuse. And chartreuse, yeah. All right. Remember those chartreuse days? you got to be doing I, shots of chartreuse. I'm just telling you. I'm showing my age by telling you that. Well, uh, yeah, because that's green naturally. Of course, all these other things are, uh, you know, Red Lake Number Five and something else. Um, and of course, you got Midori liqueur, right. that's uh, melon right. liqueur. Yep. And so, one of the drinks that I really like making is called a, uh, I call it a blitz. It's just you know to be in the in the moment here. It's apple pucker, um, white tequila, and lime juice. It's Ooh. basically an apple rita, uh-huh. and. Uh, Wow! Therefore, the name good. Blitz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we could call it a Blitz Craig instead of a Blitz Krieg. Dan and her dad's going too far. Oh, that's good. No, uh, and then there is the the Seahawks Swizzle, which is blue curacao. It's basically a, a blue Hawaiian right. with a little bit of uh, well, a little bit of citron vodka. So, um, speaking of vodka, there's the Twelve Spirits. Okay. I forget who makes that one. But, I don't know about that but, you one. You know, you can go down to Esquin. You can go to uh, basically they've permeated all the, sh- the stores now. I think I've seen it at Bartels and Esquin and Safeways. And the twelfth mania has reached epic proportions, okay. as, as it should. Here we are at Super Bowl Saturday. That's right. And uh, do you have any of those uh, vendors coming at the Seattle Wine Food Experience? I have the needle. Will be there. Okay. And uh, I certainly think he'll be. I'm, I'm sure he'll be pouring that. Well, let's hope. You know, let's hope for a, for a Super Bowl win, right? Because that'll just make it even better. 
Yes, it's uh, it's you know. Then we're we're drinking celebration instead of drinking frustration, which <laughs> been known to do both. But uh, what a treat! It is Super Bowl Saturday, the weekend, and uh, the Super Bowl of wine and food experience is coming up February twenty second and twenty first with Pop, Jamie, Michelle, Piha. Thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's so fun. Uh, hey, so looking ahead, look, I'll see you out there at Taste. Walla Walla on Monday, February 9th. That's the day after the Super Bowl. Wait, no. no. The week. The <laughs> That's week the after. week after. So check it out at Walla Walla Valley Wine Alliance and uh, register for the com backslash wine academy. Hey, don't forget, folks, next week, our first anniversary, um, we're moving to 6 p.m. Saturday's right here on 570 KVI. So pour a glass, uh, turn us on, and uh, turn us up. We'll be uh, see you next week, Saturday at 6 o'clock. Uh, that's starting on February 7th right here on Happy Hour Radio. Hope you enjoyed the show. And remember, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers. <laughs>